At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the nightcap with tim murray and super bowl champion sean king on vsin the sports betting network It is the nightcap, hour number two here on VEASAN. That is Sean King, a Super Bowl champ. I am Tim Murray. Sweating out games, that's what we do on the nightcap. Is Texas and Baylor going on right now, tied at 54, and Texas trying to build some houses in the good city of Austin. I, I just don't understand bricks. why guys that can't shoot take can-shoot type of shots. Mm. Because they know I bet on Texas. Yeah, like, if I, if I was a basketball coach, like, literally, like, if you shoot a transition three, like, you better be like Steph Curry good. Otherwise, you're coming sit next to me. Yeah. And, of course, when you make a terrible shot, what happens? The other team uh, ultimately scores. And, of course, our next guest can attest to this. If I did that in the NBA, I'd be unemployed. <laughs> well, let's bring in Chris Miles, good friend of mine from NBA TV. He was uh, sweating things out tonight. I saw some clips of you uh, breaking down the NBA uh, with the with the Bucks and the Hornets. You guys do some really fun things over there. Uh, at NBA uh, TV. So, Chris, let's start uh, with the game that you were keeping the closest eye on, which was the Hornets and the Bucks. And, you know, when you look at this Bucks team, they're the defending champs. As crazy as it sounds, are they getting the rightful due? Or are they undervalued in some aspects of, of winning the championship again? Well, no, because there are a number of things, right? You see what they did to the Hornets tonight, and you think, oh, yeah, this is a team that won a championship and looked like they can just dismantle bad teams. But the Hornets had, what, they now have lost uh, 11 of their last, 12 of their last 14 games, right? Like, it just keeps adding up. Uh, they just have two wins in the last 14. So that's where they're at. So for the Bucks, it's more of the litmus test against the Nets, right? So you're facing the Nets team without Kevin Durant, without Ben Simmons, only Kyrie Irving, and you lose that, and you need a Giannis three at the uh, final buzzer to try to send it into overtime. I think all of those things are what you're seeing with uh, the Bucks right now. It's, it's why the, the odds makers are kind of like, well, I don't know about these guys. They don't look dominant. They don't look like a team that's going to go back and win a championship. But we'll see over these uh, next six weeks before we get to the postseason just exactly who they are and if they can find their rhythm before that. You know what's interesting, Chris, is 
I agree with you in some ways, but also I just want to ask you this. How much does it mean that Giannis is like a really proven entity now come to postseason, whereas Chicago, who's been great, DeMar DeRozan having a tremendous year, has never really done it in the playoffs at that level. You look at the Sixers, you know, Embiid, first year he's really been healthy, but some questions about him in the playoffs. Of course, we know as talented as James Harden is, He's kind of not played his best at the biggest moments in the playoffs. Now, we know Durant and Kyrie, you know, their credibility is without question. But when you look at it from that spectrum, does that change maybe your outlook just slightly on the Bucs? I was trying to be objective there. I don't know if you know this, but I am the founding member and the president of the Giannis fan. Oh, uh, okay. I I have a Vegas (laughs) charter. (laughs) You, You have to understand that. Um, so here's a deal with, to me, it's about mindset. And if you look at Giannis tonight, right? So they lose to the nets. Uh, the, the bucks were 11 for 19 from the free throw line. And just they, they kind of lost it at the free throw line against the nets, right? Without KD. And in this game, he comes out nine for nine from the free throw line before every shot. He's like visualizing, making the free throw so locked in. That's the kind of guy he is, and I do trust him in the postseason more than Harden, who, for instance, um, in elimination games, I think James Harden is 1-8 and eight in his career in elimination games. He had a 12-turnover elimination game before. So it's like one of those things where, yeah, the 76ers look great right now, making history with their new uh, trio of guys in Harden and Bede and also uh, Tyrese Maxey. I mean, that trio in their first two games together – has they score more points than any trio in their first two games together, except uh, 1961. You got to go back to Wilt and two guys who, you know, you probably have never heard of is really Wilt putting up those numbers, right? So that's how far back you got to go to see uh, a trio come together and do exactly what Harden and Bede and Tyrese Maxey are doing. But when you get to elimination time, I just don't see it with that, with that group. I'm excited though, because this is a long, first time in a long time where I think people are like, I want to see the Eastern Conference playoffs. You know, it's been a while since, you know, the big three were in Boston and and, and Braun and crew were in in Miami. So switching conferences, Phoenix seems to be missing Chris Paul, especially late in some of these games, post-All-Star game. Is this something that's going to continue to be an issue with Phoenix? And ultimately, will they end up being the number one seed come playoff time for the Western Conference? Well, they still have a six-game lead, even though they've lost those uh, two games without Chris Paul since the All-Star break. Uh, Devin Booker in that time averaging 37-7, and so he's doing his part. I think it's more than just Chris Paul, though, because Chris Paul's backup campaign also out. Uh, Aaron Holiday, a guy they brought in to be insurance, also out. So I got to see when they get back in the lineup and they have a point guard, at least one NBA point guard on the floor, I think things will change for them in this in the sense of late game turnovers and that sort of thing. But that's a great question. And for Phoenix to win a championship, they need Chris Paul. And you can go back and look at any game in the first half of the season. Reason why they went to the all-star break with a six and a half game lead over the Golden State Warriors is because Chris Paul controls games down a stretch. It uh, down a stretch. It's not just the the points and assists, it's the way that he leads his team and the way that he controls the entire floor, a true floor general. Yeah. They can't win a championship if he's not healthy. So they need him a hundred percent back. I just don't see them losing that lead. Uh, even though the Warriors are really good and the Grizzlies are absolutely chasing them. 
Uh, it's just too big of a lead with 20 games to go. You know, Chris, sometimes it's addition by subtraction. And, and I'm talking Dallas Mavericks. Porzingis was brought in to be the Robin to uh, Donkic's uh, Batman. It didn't really work. Dallas did a good job of acknowledging the mistake, moving on. They acquired some pieces, just had a massive comeback win over over uh, Golden State. Is Dallas a team, and if it's not Dallas, who's kind of that team that's on the cusp but that you think can really make some noise down the stretch and come playoffs? Well, I'm looking at the board right now, and I can make a case uh, for three of those teams, <laughs> right? We saw with John Morant back-to-back games He's a dropping baller. a franchise record for the Grizzlies, and he makes the plays. He makes the highlight plays, the .4-second buzzer beater tonight on a baseline, a full-court pass, half-court shot that you won't even see in the highlights that was amazing, and then the dunk on Jakob Pertl. So for Memphis, you got to look at it as, oh, it's coming together for them, right? Now, the team that no one's talking about, the Denver Nuggets. You right. see they're right ahead of the Mavericks, and that's because Nikola Jokic is having one of the uh, greatest statistical seasons we've ever seen since Boogie has joined their team. They're 9-0 when he plays. They've won seven straight. And Nikola Jokic played 26 minutes in a win last night. So he's taking some of that wear and tear off of his body. The reports of that Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray are going to come back. Uh, that's a team that seems to be heading in the right direction at the right time. Now, you mentioned the Dallas Mavericks uh, first. We had Spencer Dinwiddie on our show last night, and he was explaining how easy it is for him to come to the team, even, at, even as a ball-dominant guard, to figure it out with Luka Doncic. He's like, simply, we run our offense through Luka first. He gets doubled or tripled. Now the ball comes to me, and I'm in advantage situations. I think that's going to be very dangerous in playoff situations because Spencer Dinwiddie is a proven commodity in late-game situations. Maybe he doesn't put up gaudy stats, but he makes the right plays, and he hits big-time shots. They added that, and Davis Bertans, who essentially is like Kristaps Porzingis pick-and-pop light. But he does the one thing that they needed Chris Stapps Porzingis to do, shoot threes as a 6'10 guy from outside. Sure, we get that back in that trade as well. I love what the Dallas Mavericks did there. Talk once again to Chris Miles from NBA TV. Chris, uh, John ja Morant goes for 50 tonight. Uh, he's pretty good at what he does. Uh, the DeMar DeRozan run uh, came to a close of just outrageousness from, uh, from DeRozan. When you look at the MVP market right now, uh, and I'm just pulling up, you know, DraftKings, there are different odds out there. But Joel Embiid, the rightful favorite. Nikola Jokic, the defending MVP at plus 250. Giannis at 5-1. Can you make a case for either DeMar DeRozan and or Ja Morant? Or is it really a, you know, a two-man race here uh, with the MVP market? Well, I'm, I'm looking at what you're saying on the screen right now. And, and here's the deal. John Morant came into the se- season 50-1 to one odds. Right. And you see that 15-1? to one? He set a franchise record in scoring in back-to-back games. I think those odds are going to get even, uh, you know, drop even more. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves into DeRozan's category because here's the deal about DeMar DeRozan. Uh, It was 10 straight games at 30 or more. Incredible. But it was one away from Michael Jordan's franchise record set 90 and 91. Had he actually tied that record or passed that record, I think that would have been his narrative, Mm -hmm. right? And he's the closer. He's the fourth quarter scorer in the league. But coming up short against Miami, when you're battling for first place, that's also now part of the narrative. In Miami, taking control of first place uh, with DeRozan Street coming to an end, I think Ja is leapfrogging him 
in the conversation. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I really think Nikola Jokic should be the favorite wow. uh, from the season he's having. So even then, I see value in Jokic, and Giannis might win defensive play of the year. So it, when I look at the odds right now, I would go um, placing a bet, Giannis, Jokic, Ja, in that order to try to get the most value um, to see if I can get a long shot. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Miles TV. Check him out on NBA TV all the time. Chris, you're the man. Always love chatting with you, man. Hey, next time I'm in Vegas, man, we got to connect. I've missed you twice. I know. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, right. Chris was in New Orleans for a little bit, too. Right. He's yeah. my guy. He's good dude. Lived in D.C. for a long time, too. So always love uh, chatting with my guy, Chris Miles. It is the nightcap. Oh, don't worry, Texas. They're melting. Just uh, <laughs> wilting like a flower in the sun. Thanks, Texas. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get an early start to your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th. We'll have six hours of free live video streaming on vsin.com, including the full bracket reveal, opening lines for every game. VSIN College Hoop experts, that includes our guy, Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with bookmakers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with VSIN College Hoops experts. Sunday, March 13th, 6 p.m. Eastern, free here on vcin.com. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on vcin. We will continue to talk some March Madness. Patrick Stevens, a uh, bracketologist from the Washington Post, he will join us at the bottom of the hour. Why can't, what, what, what? What do, you, what do you have that grin on for? I just like when knowledgeable people come on our show. Okay. Uh, Texas is just completely falling apart. This yeah, Kings aren't doing me any favors either. They're down 2-0, so. 54-54. This is what drives me crazy. It's 
It's just dumb basketball decisions. 54-54, you get a rebound, out you go in transition, and you pull a three. Brick, and here comes Baylor. They score, and a 9-0 run. And that's pretty much put the game away. It's 64-58. Baylor is going to win, going to cover. Uh, I think I saw at DraftKings, hey, congrats, 82% of the public is going to uh, win this game. So, huzzah. Uh, I was on Texas, loved the spot here for Texas. Uh, but Texas, they're one of those teams. You, I think everyone has those teams. You just can't figure them out. You bet on them, they lose. You bet with them, they lose. I, I just, awful. So, hey, good times. Good times. UConn is that same team for me. So, <laughs> of course, I took them versus Georgetown, and they figured out how to not cover. Yep. Yeah, Georgetown came back, played the last two minutes like, you know, a top 25 program. Oh, man, that was brutal. That was. <laughs> so everybody has that one team that you just can't, you know, find the right pulse. And for me, it's UConn. And That's the, okay. And the Spidey senses, so the Spidey senses for me were tingling on two games tonight. A little fishy lines. It was this game, Texas and Baylor, which they have – spectacularly completely kicked to the <laughs> kicked away and it was San Diego State and Wyoming and San Diego State credit to them was laying a point and a half on the road at Wyoming which seemed very odd and a lot of people felt like this was you know a great opportunity to grab a a home team catching points like I did here with Texas and San Diego State goes in and takes care of business so um you know win some, you lose some. I like San Diego State. I didn't play it. And I like Texas. I did. And they lose. So they're down eight. And it's not over. No, it's over. It's over. <laughs> um, so we will uh, we will talk with Patrick Stevens. Our friend Jared Smith will also uh, join the show here. I think he's uh, doing the Sean King right now. I think I believe he's uh, playing some craps right now. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you want me to table up for me? Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to go back to uh, what Chris Miles uh, just kind of discussed, which was... He feels like Nikola Jokic, in his opinion, is worthy of a play. He doesn't really buy the DeMar DeRozan run. And look, I mean, if you got in on a great number, like I know plenty of people here on our network did, and and JVT was all over it early, and uh, I think Mitch Moss might have grabbed it early too. I mean, you got a hell of a run. Um, And it's not over yet. I mean, Bulls are still 39 and 23, but you, you just wonder if it was too much ground to make up uh, for DeMar DeRozan. But uh, the, the streak came to a close tonight. He still finished with 18, 7 of 16 from the field. Uh, but you look at John Morant, you know, dropping 52 tonight and just continues to be an absolute monster. Um, I know that's something that you've been intrigued by was John Morant and whether or not He's going to be, you know, in that discussion for MVP. He has had in the last two games, Sean, 98 points. He's exciting to watch. He's incredible. I mean, he's a, he's amazing to watch. I love the way he plays the game. It's like he's a, a nightly highlight reel, you know, and I'm happy for Memphis. I mean, what a rebuild in a short period of time the organization has made. Going from Mark Gasol, Zach Randolph, Mike Conley teams, to the John Morant team that we see now. And 
great job by that organization. You just have to tip your hat to them, and they're a fun team. They're a young team, and I'm super excited to watch them. And I think there is value, you know, especially if the Chris Paul injury gets, you know, into the first couple rounds of the playoffs. I know when they're saying he's supposed to be back, but you never know, especially when a guy gets older. You know, the only other team, well, again, Denver. Denver's getting healthy, but we don't know what Jamal Murray and Porter Jr. are going to look like. They've been off quite a while. So I think there's something to say about Memphis, the continuity they have, the elite level basketball player they have in John Morant. I think there's great value in them to win the Western Conference. There's great value in them to win the NBA championship, and there's great value, in my opinion, on John Morant to be NBA MVP. Yeah, I mean, I look at that. Again, he's going to need some help. Yeah. You probably need Embiid to – I don't want Embiid to get hurt, but he probably need Embiid to shoot his regular, which means that he's going to miss some games at some point. He'd need Jokic and the Nuggets to not surge in the standings once Murray and Porter get back. And if those two things happen, I think he's right there. I think it's it's a lot of and like Chris mentioned, I mean Giannis is the favorite to win. I don't think Giannis is going to win it. This defensive year. player of the year. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to. I mean, or, or all he did or hadn't put up the numbers to do it. I'm just saying, just from me talking to NBA guys that vote, none of them really mention Giannis. It's almost as if I mean, at 26 and 16 today. See again, you're not listening to what I, I'm saying. I understand. It's not it's, it's not the lack of production. It's not lack of 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 deserving it. You know how some years, like, guys are just on the tip of, uh, of the voters' tongues, and some guys aren't. You know, for whatever reason, Giannis isn't on the tip of everyone's tongues. I think it's maybe because the Eastern Conference has some super huge stories. You know, everyone's going to be talking about MB and Hart, and that's going to be the primetime duo. And eventually here, it looks like New York might be relaxing their mass mandate. And you might get Kyrie and, and Durant, and who knows where Ben Simmons is or what he's doing. But at some point, he may decide to play basketball as well. And then the Nets become a big story. And I think that kind of works against Giannis. Does that make sense? I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, the fact is a lot of these voters are very numbers-oriented, and the numbers don't lie for Giannis. Giannis is elite defensively. He's second in the league in scoring. He's third in the league in PER. He's top 10 in rebounds. So I'm not saying he's going to, you know, if Joel Embiid goes down with an injury or, I mean, and, and the thing is, too, with Nikola Jokic, who won it last year, he continues to put up absolutely ridiculous numbers. So, I mean, honestly, for the game, I kind of want John Morant to be heavily in the discussion. He's tremendous. Can LeBron 50, win it? 52. LeBron? Yeah. No. Well, you just said their numbers space. LeBron's averaging 29 points, eight rebounds, six assists. His team might not make two the steals, a block a game. Okay. I there, know. There's a difference between Giannis, who's currently on a team that's four games back, the defending NBA champion. They're the fifth seed right now. Okay. Lakers are in the play in. I'm not comparing the teams. I'm just saying statistically, LeBron's having an MVP caliber year, too. Yeah, but there, there's a complete difference between playing for a team that is under 500, a team that is, you know, 11 games over 500, and four, four and a half games out of first place. Yeah, the point I'm trying to get you to see is sometimes just regardless right. of your stats. Go, so go bet John Morant. I like John. 
I do too. I, but I think the only way, I think there's value there because there is an unknown that exists. But I think if Embiid stays healthy, oh, yeah. he's going to be the 2022 NBA MVP. So I, like I said, to put some context on if you bet jaw, you need a couple things to happen. One being Embiid, probably going to have to miss some time. And when Murray and Porter Jr. get back for the Nuggets, they can't all of a sudden look like the number one team in the West with Jokic playing the way he is now. So you're kind of at the mercy, no matter what Jaw does, in my opinion, of some of the guys in front of him not having the second half that they had in the first half. I guess I put it like that. Well, I, I hope that he continues to be uh, on this run as I throw my pen. And I think people take Giannis for granted now because he's gotten so good. He does it at such a high level in all those phases. I think some people take that for granted. Well, we got seed lines to take a look at where teams will be. Did Baylor help their stock for a number one seed? Another quad one win on the road tonight, beating Texas. We'll talk to Patrick Stevens, bracketologist, next right here on the Night Talk. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Head over to vsin.com slash podcast. You can get Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops-Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. There's also Beating the Book with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. We've got Hardwood Handicappers. Tons of shows. They're all free, available now. vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Alongside Super Bowl champ, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on vcin and uh, the... Calendar in 30 minutes on the East Coast turns to March, and there's no better time to check in with one of the best in the business breaking down brackets. That is Patrick Stevens at Discourse on Twitter. That's D1S Course. Uh, covers college sports for Washington, the Washington Post, and uh, this is his time to shine. Patrick, always a pleasure. And uh, let's start with the team that just wrapped up a nice quad one win, much to my chagrin, that was the Baylor Bears. And it felt like for a little bit, they might be struggling here. Uh, they lose uh, the big boy, Chamu Chachua, down the stretch. Uh, but now, wins over Kansas, and now a win over Texas. Uh, how are they looking on that one line? How comfortable should they feel with one regular season game left in the Big 12 tournament ahead? Well, I, I don't know if if they're completely cemented in that. I mean, I, I don't think it's a, a great idea to lose at home, even to a good Iowa State team, or to to lose to somebody in the first round of the Big Twelve tournament. But but overall, it's hard to argue with their profile. They have twelve quadrant one victories at this point, the highest uh, tier uh, in the NCAA's evaluation system. Nobody else has more than ten. So. You know, if you're Baylor and you have done all that you've done so far, you got your split with Kansas, you beat Villanova, you swept Texas thanks to tonight's game, you've already won at Iowa State, you're eight and three on the road, uh, you're in a really, really good spot here. I, I have them right now as the second number one seed. 
Uh, and I could see a scenario where maybe you could basically get the reverse of what happened Saturday, where Kentucky wins the SEC and Kansas wins the Big 12 and Arizona and Gonzaga and all those teams win out and maybe Baylor trips up and maybe they fall to the two line. Uh, but it's hard to see that team falling much lower than like the sixth or seventh spot overall. Uh, there's just simply not enough games left for them to take too much of a stumble at this point. When you look at the the one seeds that are out there, and you know you can you know find places to wager on this. Bet Rivers. We'll talk about these. Uh, when you look at the one line, it's Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, uh, Kansas, and Kentucky. Uh, a lot of people thinking kind of those five, maybe jockeying for those four one seeds. Uh, who is most secure with uh, where they stand on the one line and who is uh, got, got work to be done or uh, could, could, could certainly stub their toe. I feel like Gonzaga is still in, in really good shape. there, having beaten Texas tech and UCLA in Texas and handled their business for the most part. Uh, they check out great in the predictive metrics that, that they're on the NCAA team sheets. And I feel like if Gonzaga does what it, what it should do with the, in the WCC tournament at the very minimum, make the final that they probably end up on the one line. I don't know if I feel as great about an Arizona who's got the five quadrant one victories, but when you dig into that, they've got the, they've got a UCLA and they've got an Illinois and a USC, but two of those quadrant one victories are against Michigan and Washington state. And so I feel as though the Wildcats probably have a little bit more work to do uh, than some of the other teams. We mentioned Kansas and Baylor both. Kansas has 10 quad one wins. I feel like they they probably have a little bit of wiggle room at this point. Uh, and then my guess is, is that one of Kentucky or Auburn could end up on that one line, probably not both at this point. And they both clearly have a little bit of work to do from this point forward. But feel probably most confident in Gonzaga, feel like Arizona has a little bit uh, less wiggle room left here. You know, Patrick, I understand the ACC is down, but but make an argument for why Duke shouldn't be considered on that one line. They've beaten Gonzaga and Kentucky on neutral courts. They have four losses, but three of those losses are by a combined four points. They played a terrible second half at Ohio State, granted, but they were up 43-30 mm-hmm. at the half. Like, why is Duke seems to be almost getting disrespected in certain ways, like when teams that they've beaten this year come up and they're not mentioned? You basically made a great case for them right there, and that is the case. Like, when they had their opportunities early in the season, very early in the season in the case of Kentucky on the first night of the season, beat them by eight on a neutral floor, beat Gonzaga in Las Vegas. Uh you're eight and two on the road. A lot to like there. Essentially, in some ways, think of Duke. You know, when you think of them right now, you look at the ACC and you're like, oh well, you got all these teams that aren't playing all that great in the bottom half of the league. Sounds a lot like what we say about Gonzaga every year, isn't it? Like, oh well, they're all playing in this league that just isn't as good as as, as some of the other conferences that we're accustomed to seeing. And so it's it's a little bit of a, a, a shoes on the other foot there for for, for Duke. I, I happen to think that Duke probably is one of the top five or six teams in the country, but by the numbers, I, I have a hard time seeing them accruing enough of a profile to be able to get up to that top line. It's possible. I mean, if if they beat Carolina and Pitt this week, Carolina in, in, in coach K's last home game, which is going to be an absolute hornet's nest for the Tar Heels. And then they roll through Brooklyn. Like I think most people expect them to Now that's a Duke team. That's going to be sitting there at, at 30 and four at that point. If they're not on the one line, they're, they're certainly going to be very, very comfortably 
on the number two line. And then it becomes an interesting question of where does Duke end up going for a potential regional? You know, do they go back to Philadelphia on the 30th anniversary of that great Duke Kentucky game? Do they go to Chicago in Shashevsky's hometown? Uh, do they go out west where Duke has almost never had any sort of success whatsoever under Shashevsky in the NCAA tournament? So all sorts of these great variables that are going to be following Duke, whether they end up on that one line or not. Talking to Patrick Stevens, uh, great bracketologist at Discourse, replaced the number or the I with the number one uh, to follow him on Twitter. Who is, in your opinion, I guess I'll throw out a team because the analytics, the Ken Palm numbers don't really love this team. And I'm not talking about Providence. We can get to them in just a moment. But you look mm-hmm. at Wisconsin. Uh, uh-huh. They've got another great big game, another opportunity uh, coming up tomorrow night uh, against Purdue. Uh, they are, what, 15-4 and four in quad one and quad two games. I know they've had a ton of close games what do you make seed-wise of Wisconsin? Because I think it was Jeff Goodman today saying, hey, why isn't this team in a discussion for a one seed? What do we do, and what do you think the committee ultimately does with Wisconsin? Well, I have them on the three line right now, which I think is a, a fair treatment of them. Uh, when you look at what they've been able to do, you know, the victory over Houston early in the season probably isn't worth as much now as as you might've thought it would be. They've won at Purdue. The St. Mary's victory is good. You know, they have a couple losses that are a bit questionable losing at home to Rutgers. Uh, but overall, you know, the thing that stands out the most about Wisconsin and, and clearly some of the metrics really like Wisconsin, just based on the results. And some of them don't based on how they play. They're 17 and two in games decided by single digit margins, 14 and one in contests with a margin of six points or less. And so a team like Wisconsin and, 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 you know, amazingly enough, that one loss that they have in a game decided by six points or less is against Providence, which is similarly strong in those sorts of games. Uh, you know, those are the sorts of teams that are probably punished a little bit with the, with some of the analytics here, particular, particularly the predictive metrics. Uh, some of the teams that are on the other end of that, that, that get get, a boost the other way or teams like Virginia tech that somehow kind of lingers in the top 50, even though it really hasn't done a whole lot. I think Wisconsin is probably looking at somewhere between a two and a four seed when all is said and done. And there's still opportunities uh, here for them down the stretch uh, to be able uh, to enhance that situation for themselves. I, I feel like they're about the 10th or 11th team on the board right now. And they finish with Purdue obviously. And then a Nebraska game that doesn't help them at all, no matter what. Uh, and then obviously the big 10 tournament where they'll probably have two or three quality games if they can make it to Sunday. So feel like they can end up on, on probably the two line if things break right for them. Uh, but probably looking more like a three when all is said and done. Patrick, we have about a minute left. Who's the one team that had expectations coming into the year? Didn't get off to the greatest of starts. People kind of forgot about them, but they're playing really good basketball right now, which I think is very important. Who's that team as we get into conference and ultimately NCAA tournament time? I'll give you two in, two in two different parts of the bracket. One is Arkansas, which has just been ridiculous since a 10 and five start. You know, you looked at them then and they lost three in a row, lost to Mississippi state, Vanderbilt, Texas, A&M. And you're like, what is wrong with the Razorbacks? And now they've won 13 out of 14. And the one loss was a one point loss against Alabama. I feel like they're on the four line at this point, And there's a good chance that they could climb up even further here over the next week and a half. 
a team further down in the bracket that I think everybody thought was going to be like an at-large quality team got off to a bad start was VCU. They were three and four at the end of November. They've turned it around. They got Ace Baldwin healthy. They're 20 and seven now. And at this point, I think the Rams are a team that we're going to see, see their name called come selection Sunday. He is Patrick Stevens. Follow him on Twitter at discourse, the best in the biz. Patrick as always appreciate it. No problem, fellas. Take care. There he is. Patrick Stevens from the Washington Post. It is the nightcap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only 19 bucks. Whether you are filling out a bracket, betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get out and get analysis from our experts. That includes Hoops Peterson on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella. Sign up today to get the betting guide plus full access to VSIN through April 5th for only 19 bucks. Head on over to vsin.com slash madness. Alongside Sean King, I am Tim Murray. <sighs> I was comfortable with what Patrick said. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's and that's the thing too. I've never once been a Duke hater, even though you've tried to put that on me. I think they're really good. Last when you weren't here in our draft for futures, I drafted Duke. I think they are playing as good as anybody right now. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see because yeah, to Patrick's point, if they don't slip up, I mean it's almost unfathomable to fathomable to think that a thirty and four Duke team will not be on the one line. Yeah. But that looks like it's probably gonna happen. But you know, crazier things have Unfolded, so we will see. I still don't know what happened second half of the Ohio State game. They were forty-three to thirty at the half. They did not score a point the last four and a half minutes of the game. 
Well, that was a bad half. But the three conference losses are by a combined four points. But the problem and is I, I know, they're all bad teams. I know, but again, none of them. Gonzaga just lost by double digits to the five to a I know, five seed. I know Arizona. On the road. Arizona just lost by almost twenty. Agreed. Bad loss. And you know it doesn't seem to be a a, a crippling, debilitating type of situation for them. I mean, once again, Duke isn't some chump. They're still going to be a right. two seed. But it, it wasn't like they're. But they should be a one. I mean, they shouldn't. Yeah, they based should. on. All the, the if, if if the te- if they beat a team that's a one on a neutral court, I just feel like that should matter. Well, it does, and it's part of their body of work, yeah, especially if their records are almost identical. Well, so it's they, not like that's Gonzaga's. Gonzaga's up to three losses. Well, Murray now. State's got a better record than Duke, so they right. be a one seed. Well, but they didn't play Duke or Gonzaga. I'm just saying. I'm just talking about because of the head to head. But you does that matter? That it they, does. Yeah. It does matter. Uh, but the problem is that the WCC is actually better than the ACC this year. And when you look at what Duke has put together, they've got 11 quad one and quad two victories. And I'll pull up Gonzaga real quick. Uh, they've got more. Uh, so, and that's, that's what it boils down to. So Gonzaga's got what? One more. What's that? Number 12. Uh, Great quad one and two, or are they right at 11? Yeah. They're the, I think they're the same. So yeah. pretty much the same. Yeah. And so then to me, why is the head to head, not the differentiator when we're talking about seeding. It'd be different if Duke had lost seven games or something, but right now Gonzaga has three losses, St. Mary's, Alabama, and Duke. Duke has four losses, Miami, Florida State, Virginia, Ohio State. The, the What really knocks them is they have a bad loss. They have a quad three loss, and that, that hurts them. It dings yeah. them. It dings what they have. And, you know, losing to Virginia at by a home point, by is a, a point. bad is a but it, you lost to him. I know. Miami, bad loss. My point. Still lost to him at home. Uh, in Florida State. By two points. Can't lose to Florida State. Florida State's not a tournament team. Two, Virginia's Duke, not a tournament Duke, team. Duke loses to Florida State every year. I, I understand, but yeah. you're asking for reasonings, and that's the rationale is those losses. So go out as a two seed like they did in 1991 and win the national championship. The system's broke. I'm going to change it. It well, is what it is. You know, so, so I feel good about my you, Duke, you, Kentucky, and Auburn, and you with getting the field. I feel great. I feel like I have three really strong horses. And only one horse can win the Derby. That's true. And only one basketball team can win the tourney. I need to, uh, you know, I'll reach out to Chris Andrews, and I'll see what you got. You got terrible odds. So <laughs> what looks like a huge mismatch, I could have half the field by the time we get, you know, to almost have the field by the time we get to the grade eight. You could. Now, the only way that this works out terribly for me is if in some ridiculous universe, two of these teams end up in the same region, which I don't think could happen because they all should be sitting on the second and third seed line, right? Well, they I mean, Duke could end up in the same region as Auburn <laughs> or Kentucky if they're a one. Yeah, but hopefully we wouldn't have to play them until final four. This is going to be great. It's a fun. It's a fun bet. I've get, got to, get my cigar back from from the Villanova. Oh, and the, and the Malik Willis first round. Uh, I'm just. Telling, you want to double down on that? No, one? I don't want to double down, but that's not a guarantee. Oh, that's oh, not. Oh, hey, I'm just oh, telling you. Oh, just telling you, Aaron Rodgers. Where did he get drafted? He almost fell out. Sometimes the teams make mistakes. It happens. Did 
Did Aaron Rodgers get drafted in the first round? Yeah, so he almost fell out. But but he didn't. Brady didn't go in the first. That's true. Yeah, so it happens. Yeah. Just saying, it's not unheard of for the NFL to overlook or mistakenly not select the right guy in the first round. Like, it's happened time and time again. Not with the buzz that he's got. Not yeah, with the buzz he's man, got. You haven't heard as much of that since the senior bowl's over. All right, I mean, if you want to double down and, no. and make it more. No. No? You no. sure? Positive. I was trying to get the Kings to score a goal. Um, I'm. I would say this of the teams that you now have: Kentucky, uh, Auburn, and Duke. Kentucky makes me nervous. Kentucky, if they get their backcourt figured out, I think they have a real shot of winning. All the three National of those teams have a real shot. I mean, they what do. I think Auburn. I mean, look, I. Hey, the SEC's a grind. They're kind of just, you know, worn down. I'm looking at, I have some great bets again. What I got? Kentucky. Where's Kentucky at? You yeah. have, yeah, Texas, Kentucky. Yep. AP rank. You're winning that I'm one. I'm going to win that one. Yep. Kansas and Duke win, win loss record lasts longer. It's competitive. We're close. Yeah, that one's the Kansas loss this weekend hurt me. Yeah. So that, uh, we have a bet. That is what Kansas. Who goes further is one, right? And, and who then has the best win loss re- record? Oof, that one's gonna be coming down to the wire. I know because I don't think. I it's mean, the, more likely Kansas loses in the Big Ten. Oh, absolutely. Big, Big Twelve target than it is Duke. Oh, I don't think Duke is losing another game. Well, I'm not. I, I listen. We're playing really good basketball right now. That's, I'm gonna leave it at that. And you play. In, We're not unbeatable. And though. you play in the little sisters of the poor conference. So this year the ACC for some I know and some which, reason turned up very. Below by the average. way, which is sitting pretty right now because for me to win this bet, I need Duke to lose another game, and that's not gonna happen. I don't know. You're not gonna let you jinx us. It, it's almost like when Sean, you know, in the first half or second half tonight, said Texas is the right side. So that was uh, that was super cool when you did that again. Why do you keep doing that? Doing what? You mushed me the start of the show tonight. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Do you need do you, I need to go find the tape for you cuz it's out there and you said this just looks like the right side. I mean you and your mushes, man. Unbelievable. Hey, yeah, I didn't miss any of those threes. I, I know you didn't, but uh oh. you you put it out there. I know you don't believe in mushes, but can you stop doing it to my bets? Um Who's going to start a quarterback for your former team? Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. There are odds out at DraftKings right now. Who will be the starting quarterback week one? Kyle Trask is the favorite. I think that's a terrible bet. I don't know who it's going to be. I can can confidently say Trask is not the week one starter. Yeah, he wouldn't start over Garrett based on... What, what Arians right. like public statements. Yeah, I mean, Gabbard's 20 to one. Here's the deal. Tampa has some other things to figure out first. You know, what are they going to do with Chris Godwin? Like, uh, how do they replace Gronkowski? Like, Ali Marpet, our starting uh, guard, just retired at the age of 28. Defensively, we've got to decide, you know, a couple of those guys, are we going to give them big money? So we have a lot of other issues going on. I think ultimately... Tampa's a destination spot for NFL players. Great place to live, no state tax. You know, Bruce Arians is is known around the league as a player's coach. You have Mike Evans sitting there. So it's not going to be hard to attract one of these guys. As to who it is, I don't think 
we really know right now. I think some things have to shake out. Like, what happens with this Kyler Murray deal? What if Arizona puts their foot down and says, okay, we're not giving you an extension right now? You know, what happens with Deshaun Watson? Does there become some kind of clarity or resolution to his situation? You know, ultimately, what's going on in Green Bay? I know Green Bay just was announced as playing uh, the game in, what was that? Uh, London. London, and they did the picture. No and, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers wasn't in it, you know? So, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, there's a lot of things that things still have to kind of play themselves out. I saw some footage of Jameis Winston. Yeah, he's running Looking on a treadmill. Like, yeah, he's coming. He's almost That's back your guy. to ACL. Yeah. I'd love to see him go to Pittsburgh, by the way. They Kyle Trask will not be I agree with that. Starter. I don't know who it's going to be. Don't have to bet everything. Don't bet Kyle Trask at plus 350. Jared Smith in studio next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.